Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 91. It's a guest weekend. We've got Logan from Pillage Then Burn here with us. Woohoo! Hey, Logan. Hello. Welcome. Hello, hello. So, it's Logan, good to be here. Why don't you. It, well, you say that now, but just wait. <laughs> yeah. I'm still new. Just yeah. wait. It's welcome, welcome to the last episode you'll ever want to listen to. Yes. There'll be a survey to fill out after the show. Well, if I'm like Johnny Depp, I won't ever watch, <laughs> listen to this, right? Yeah, that's how that's it's true. supposed to work. Johnny, that's not true. Johnny Depp listens to every single show. <laughs> well, well was not the one he was on. Yeah, that's the thing. That, oh, well, that's true. He, he's very shy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, Logan, why don't you tell everybody what your dominant skill is? For today, my dominant skill is TIG welding. I love how he prefaces that. Uh, and and what what skill class is TIG welding? TIG welding is uh, 150 amps. It seems a little low mm. to me, but all right, okay, we'll we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, okay, and moving on to the history and fun facts. Did you do any research on TIG welding? You want to share with everybody? I did. I did. Uh, I did some research. I don't know if I want to share any of it though. That's I'll fair. Share it. Mm. Well, you're, you're, you do whatever you feel comfortable with. You're do contractually obligated. Up, ah, and he's gone. Well, oh no, that's that's our Where show, you everyone. Thank you. For I think he just good. Thanks for joining us. Wait, I, I think, think that he, he might just have, brought up an app that killed us? his uh, killed his yeah. Zoom. I think we've been sidebarred. He he's having a talk with the audience us. right now. Completely sidebarred. Do you well, think he knows he's not connected? Um. Well, yeah. I think so. This is a first. This is a first. Well, I mean, is it? Yeah, probably. Hey, hey there he is. He's back from his sidebar. He's back. Well, that he was came back right. in a different, at a that different place fun. on my screen. Did I, did I just put you guys in a sidebar? Uh, yeah. You, you sidebarred yourself. That's my, uh, that's my other skill. So, so other Logan, I, I, I understand that you don't want to share what you research. No, no, I share. I, you're you're contractually obligated now. So okay. go to it. All right. So, um, are you? There's actually kind of like a lot of cool stuff that I found out. Some of it is just going to be like interesting facts. But so TIG welding, the process of TIG works? welding was perfected in 1941 by a guy named Russell Meredith. He worked for uh, like he built airplanes, and I don't know how. It seems like a, a pretty complicated process to have just, like, invented off the bat. So I think it kind of evolved slowly over time as um, people were welding things and figuring out the pros and cons to how they were welding things. And um, so the the things that that spurred on the invention of TIG welding was, like, the need to weld um, in a really controlled way and the need to weld thin materials and the need to weld aluminum and magnesium and some uh, more difficult things to weld um, and so that's what this guy came up with somehow he figured it out and he called it heliarc at the beginning because he was using helium as Ooh. the shielding gas and people still use great name it's a super cool name and people s still use helium as a shielding gas in some cases, but not 
often. Um, I think my understanding is that the helium actually produces a slightly hotter arc. And so you can, like if you're doing uh, aluminum or something that really draws the heat and, and you need high, high current for, you can use helium as a shielding gas, but I think it's also more expensive. So these days we just use argon for TIG welding, which is different than MIG welding, which I can get into some of the definitions here in a second, but MIG welding uses... No, no, no. You got to stay on no? TIG. Can't go to MIG. Got to stay, stay and, on and target our, here, man. All right. Argoni arc. All right. Argoni arc never really caught on. <laughs> That's true. Well, no, this is... So this is great. So do you guys know... Do you guys know what the uh, symbol for tungsten is on the periodic table of elements? W. It's it's a W. No, you no, know it's Wolfram. Oh my gosh. Yep. Wealth of information. Yeah, Tana knows stuff. Wolfram. Yeah. So, I don't know why they didn't stick with Wolfram, because I guess the acronym isn't as fun. Wolfie welding. Wig welding. That's what they should call it. W- wig, wig welding. welding. Wig. Sounds a little weird. There's a product in there. Only senior citizens can use it. <laughs> wig, wig weld. Depends on how much hair you have. Glue. So, yeah, so well, if you didn't have enough, you'd definitely need to weld a wig. Sure. TIG stands for tungsten inert gas. So that's T-I-G. And the sort of, it's kind of slang, kind of. Um, it's, it's G-T-A-W is the more technical term, acronym for it, which is gas tungsten arc welding because it's a form of arc welding, as are the other weldings that cannot be named that start with an M. Yes. <laughs> yes. Start with an M the, uh, and an I. And an yeah. A big difference between the welding that shall not be named and TIG welding is that in TIG welding you use the electrode is negative. So normally, like, you think about ground, you ground your table or your, your workpiece and you think ground Ooh, is, is going to be negative. Yeah, it's opposite. Your ground is positive and your electrode is negative. Which, so which way is the arc flow? Positive to negative? Negative to positive is the way. That's, that's the direction like, the electrons go. And that's... From Earth to the cloud. And that... Uh, yeah, in, in some cases. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's... But that's also why it's electronegative with TIG welding is because that tungsten, it, the direction that the elect- electrons are flowing the material they're flowing to is going to get hotter than the material they're flowing from. And so if you set it up with electrode positive, your electrons are flowing from your workpiece into your tungsten and your tungsten will get hotter than your workpiece. Well, not necessarily hotter than, but it will get hot, hotter than it should. And so if you reverse those, your workpiece gets hotter and your tungsten stays cooler, which is fascinating. And I can talk about why that, matters a lot in aluminum welding in a second depending on how nerdy you want me to get into it but is that is that because like the electrons are crashing at the end of that path and if they crash into the workpiece it gets hotter whereas if they're crashing into the tungsten or is that a bad analogy i i would love to watch a Storybots episode that explains it because <laughs> i feel like story that's kind of my like that's my vibe level but I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Really, I don't know the answer. I just know that whichever direction, and from experience, and I actually learned this from experience before I learned it from the internet and reading. But then once 
I read about it. I was like, oh my gosh, of course. Yes, that makes so much sense. No wonder. So the direction. Well, think about a fire, think about a fire hose. It's controlled out of the nozzle and then it hits something and gets chaotic. And if it was going the other way, the hose would get obliterated. Anyways, we can move on. My fault. Maybe yeah. that's a bad example. Tom. Well, I mean, we, we use example. we use water as an Perfect. analogy for electricity Perfect. all the time. So, well, that's why I said it. Thank I don't you. know how Thanks that works. Me up. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so tungsten itself is a pretty fascinating thing, and this is some of the stuff that I just learned about it because I just knew it was a crazy metal that doesn't melt very easily. But it was first identified as an element in the 1780s. It has the highest melting point of all known elements except for carbon. Um, and carbon's kind of a weird exception because it doesn't actually melt, it sublimes in our atmospheric pressure. And so it's like crazy, crazy high melting point. Um, it's the lowest coefficient of thermal expansion out of all the pure metals. Uh, it's 1.74 times more dense than lead which i didn't know wow. that's fat that's amazing i would love to have so a one inch i did some math one inch uh cube of tungsten would weigh 0.7 pounds so nearly a pound for like a little block cube. and then i did i did a little bit more math right before we got on here that i if i did my math right that'd be 20 cubic inches of water would weigh the same as one cubic inch of tungsten, which seems significant That's to me because you can kind of picture 20 cubic inches of water, you know, at least. That's how I always picture my water. Yeah. yeah. How, are you thirsty? Yes. All right. I just, all right. What you're just, what you're talking about made me want to just go buy a cube of tungsten. Yeah. Can you? Um, Amazon. The four, it's called the four inch tungsten cube. Four inches? Four inch cube. Take a guess what? at the price. Uh, $400. $875. Yeah, Tanda. Tanda, got to give me a number. Uh, $237. $3,500. Get out of here. That's a $3,000? $3,000. Free well, free shipping. Oh, though. free shipping. Free shipping. Dude, buy, oh, it, buy it. Buy it. Now. That's what makes buy it, it worth buying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And free and free free returns. Free shipping. Which is very tempting. Yeah, considering that what that if, cube what weighs if it's 7,000 pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's coming by freight. What if what if Hold on, hold on. What if you um what if you go to return it and it's one of those items they're like, "Ah, just keep it. We'll give you your money back." Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> There is only one. I got 3500 bucks. I have a cube of steel right here. I don't know how much it weighs, though. All right, I'll think about it. All right, no, you can buy a one-inch cube for 100 bucks, one and a half-inch cube for 200 bucks, one-centimeter cube for 30 bucks. That sounds more my speed. Yeah. Waste money on a centimeter of tungsten. Buy it now, and we can move on. Is there, like, a guaranteed to the dimension or to the weight or something? Is it, like, a standard or something that they're selling it as? Or is it just happen to be, uh, like, something you would use for your chemistry lab to... To hand student to student and wow tell them, the kids. talk about density. Or yeah, something. it's probably my my assumption. It's more that it does say eighteen grams, but grams are kind of large for accuracy. Um, I don't know. I'll let you know what the dimensions actually are when it arrives because I'm totally <laughs> buying it now. Well, since since it's almost two times more dense than lead, like 
I guess rich people, apparently, you have used it for like ballast and different things when when space really matters. I guess I don't huh. know. I can't. I cannot think of a situation where it'd be worth it. But I think uh, it gets used for armored round, armored piercing rounds. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah. Oh wow! Uh, you can buy lots of one-inch cubes of metal. This is fun. Oh, Tom's doing a ton of research. That would be Let's of go fun. to him. Tom, what research did you do besides buying stuff on Amazon? Well, it's associated. Uh, apparently, you can buy one-inch, one-centimeter cubes of tungsten for $30 on Amazon, but you can also buy t- titanium, nickel, aluminum, tin, zinc. And, and how does this bismuth? apply to, to TIG welding exactly? What's the and iron. Um, TIG welding is the art of uh, welding metals together. Of di- You can weld different kinds of metals together. You can weld uh, small, thin metals together. And these are all examples of m- the metals you can weld together within the umbrella of TIG welding. And um, you can have them as, you know, decorative uh, examples on your bookshelf. That's all I got, PJ. Okay. Um, Thanks right. for or or you can make the bookshelf. Yes, that's Ooh, true. Out of cubes. This is like the Minecraft of um well, I don't know. Of metal. Of bookshelves. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's what I'm here for. Okay, moving on. Tanda, what research did you do on TIG welding? Well, I thought uh instead of doing a a deep dive since uh Logan kind of already did a did a deep dive i would i i would do a deeper dive uh, on tig welding and so uh, I, I was looking into tungstens and and why there are different kinds of tungstens and maybe why you know the energies uh, are are different between the two or the functions are different like thoriated and, versus uh, lanthanated kind of thing yeah yeah and so <laughs> the electron work function since i I figured Logan wanted wanted to go deep on this. Yep. Uh, the work function is the energy needed to remove an electron from an atom, and it is measured in electron volts. The lower the work function of an electrode, the lower the voltage necessary to strike an arc. Thus, the easier the arc starts. The oxides added to a tungsten serve to promote the electron emission by lowering the work function of the tungsten. Hmm. The lower the EV for the oxide, the easier it will start. The metal work function is important because upon emitting an oxide, the metal is left as a film on the tip. The lower the EV of the metal at the tip, the lower the temperature will be at the tip, which will decrease grain growth and provide a constant flow of oxides and longer service life. The density is also important as each oxide has a different density. Thus, a 2% by weight thorium cerium or lanthanum electrode will all have different amounts of oxides by volume. Hmm. The migration and evaporation rates come into play as well. The migration rate or diffusion rate as it is often called is the rate at which each of the different oxides naturally travels from inside the tungsten to the heat at the tip of the electrode. The evaporation rate is the rate at which the oxides separate from their metal component and are emitted at the tip of the electrode. The optimum performing electrode is one that has a balance of good migration and evaporation rates. If the migration rate is slower than the evaporation rate, 
then there will be an inadequate amount of oxides arriving at the tip to maintain a consistent arc and the tungsten may be reduced to the performance level of a pure piece of tungsten. If the hmm. evaporation rate is slower than the migration rate, the oxides will be crowded at the point. If Dirt, both of the rates welds. are very high, welding properties at the beginning of the weld will be great, but all of the oxides may be used up quickly. Wow. Tom, sidebar. Yeah. I, I, I felt like my brain was leaking by the time she was done reading all that. Did you catch anything she said? No, I've moved on to buying batteries on Amazon now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I should have started buying stuff. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, you gotta work on your skills. I, I don't know. I'll teach you. Yeah, can we can we talk later after the show because I, I really need to do what you do because I'm too focused on actually keeping everything running and you're really good at just not caring about it. So. Thank you. That is the nicest thing you've ever just said to me, PJ. Yes, yes. I, um, you, I thought you, you didn't care. I do care. I just hide it well. That's uh, that's all it is. But I did pull pull Thanks, Logan man. in because Logan seemed like he was totally enthralled with everything Tanda was saying, and I'm like, he's just going to agree well, with her, you know? You want to pull him in now? No, just... no. He's going to yeah, say okay. the same thing so. she I said. Think... I don't. I don't want to hear that. So my my brain is just starting to calm down now, talking to you. It's like they're too on topic for this show, and yeah. I just—I don't know. I, yes, yeah. that's exactly. They're very serious. I don't—I don't know. They—they they think this is some other podcast. Oh, oh look! Look, Tanda's Tanda's rubbing her nose. I think she's done reading. Yeah, thorium is atomic number ninety and has an atomic weight of uh, two hundred and thirty-two point oh three. It's radioactive. I think that yeah, it's also radioactive. Yeah. So. So you don't want to. But uh, well, that's a probably a good place to end it. Yeah. So. Well, that's why I don't breathe. While I'm sharpening my thoriated tungsten, the radio you don't want radioactive bits inside. I never lanthanated no. tungsten. Lanthanated's all right. Yeah, you can I never breathe, breathe. You can breathe I that dust all you want. My... Yeah, I snort it. Yeah. After I sharpen my. That'll wake you up. My tungsten. Yeah, I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation one time. That was a great movie. They, they, I don't remember the tungsten, but there was lampoons in there, and, and the that that was a great reference, Tanda. Thank you for sharing that with us. Not international lampoons. Culturally relevant. It, Very nice. It, it it might have been. Um, I I don't have the best memory. Yeah. It, it PJ, what'd been. you find? Any superstitions? Oh, that's a hard pass. Hard pass for me. Yeah. Do you guys? Wow. Uh, you guys took all well, the. Moving on. You took all the good stuff. Wait, I have a, so. a what? Uh, just a trivia question. Can anybody guess what language the word tungsten comes from? Spanish. It's a good guess. Tungsten? Yeah. Klingon. No. <coughs> Portuguese. It's Swedish. No, it's way Can you guess what it means? I was close. Tungsten? Yeah. Heavy metal? Whoa! It means heavy stone. Ooh. Good job, dude. You're basically Swedish now. I was close. I, I am. Like, Tungsten. Well, they say I'm German, but we all know that that place was a mess for a long time. Is, Nobody knows what Is they Swedish are. like something that's just sort of Swede? Like if it's bluish, it's sort of blue. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. They they make the best fish. You know, the Swedish fish are delicious. If you're like someone being Swedish Ooh, yeah. is kind of like Tom being Germanish. Yeah. If you're Jewish, you're kind of a Jew. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. Move that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself.
All right. Logan said he's got a deal for the dealer's corner. So Logan, hit us with your deal. I do. So the backstory is uh, most of my tools that I own are are things I like find on the road or get for extremely cheap or have been donated to me. So point being, I barely, I never really, I very, very rarely buy new tools and I don't buy nice tools usually because I'm poor and cheap. So I've, uh, using a square, you know, like a combination square. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have a couple, two or so, and I was using one the other day and I was admiring how absolutely terrible this thing was. And it's just like beyond awful. Like the, it doesn't stay square. It was just awful. And I'm, as I'm using it, I set it down, I'm working and, uh, Beaker, our emu, who is incredibly annoying as he comes by and inspects the work site, he comes over and he pecks at it and knocks it off the bench I was working on two and a half feet, three feet to the ground, and it broke in two pieces. That's how this thing was. So then I'm like, well, okay, I need to actually get a big boy square. And so I kind of started putting my feelers out and paying attention. And I, there was a cool deal for some stare squares and I hemmed and hawed too long and it disappeared. And anyway, I finally saw this listing on, um, Craigslist. Yeah, it was Craigslist. And it said, um, moving machinist tools must sell. And that's it. No pictures, no, like, I have this kind of stuff, like nothing. And so I immediately text the guy and he gets back to me and I said, Hey, I'm looking for, you know, specifically a square. And I listed a couple things that I'd love to have. And he said, Oh yeah, I think I have, I have whatever. And he sends me a picture of, uh, two Mitatoyo squares. And he says, uh, yeah, 20 bucks. And I was like, sold. (laughs) So turns out he's in Dayton, which nobody knows where that is except for me, but that's, uh, 30 or 40. I mean, it's, it's a ways away. It's like, it's like a 40 minute drive, but I was like, it's going to be worth it. So I go out there, drive out to the middle of nowhere, Dayton, find this guy's house, get there. He only has one leg, which doesn't add to the story, except that it was a fun, it's just fun to really paint the picture. So this guy with one leg in his garage and he pulls out a suitcase and he unzips it, his strange, like, goth son. He has, like, this son who's, like, all in dark clothes and pouty in the corner. He, like, pulls out a milk crate for his one-legged dad to sit on. He sits down, opens the suitcase, uh, and it is filled to the brim with machinist tools. And the guy, we start talking. He's like, oh, yeah, I used to be a machinist. So it was for years and years, and I retired. He didn't seem that old, but uh, he's retiring, whatever. And I guess he's been hauling these around for a while, like it's the second move. And he's like, my wife says we're not moving them again. So I have to get rid of them. And he had some really cool stuff. I wish I had more money because he was like, the deals were great. But in the end, I, he's like, oh yeah, so go through here, see what else you want. And I was like, okay, sure. And I'm like kind of picking through, but I'm not really sure what he's going to charge for anything. And so I'm like, oh, I could, these could be useful. I don't know. And I'd ask him a price and he'd kind of tell me a price and I would put it in my little box in the end. I'll read you what I got, and then I'll tell you how much I got it for. Oh, and I looked up the prices for all these. Mm -hmm. 
uh, maybe I'll, I'll just say the prices. So I'll tell you what they are, what their current new price is, because you can buy all these things new still. And then I'll tell you how much I paid for it. So uh, Starrett 289 combination square attachment is $93. A Starrett 289C height depth gauge set for the combination square is $142. A, these are really small things, those two are. Uh, a Starrett 610N six inch rules, basically the ruler part. A Starrett radius gauge set that's uh, inches fractional is $183. An MSC radius gauge set that's inches decimal is $151. Brown and Sharp 123 block, about 40 bucks. A Mitutoyo 180-202 combination center head, $70. Mitutoyo 180-702, 18-inch blade rule, $204. And a PEC 4-inch double square, one of those little ones. Uh, but it's been cut down to 3 inches, which is strange. So it only, it's a 4-inch, like it was 4 inches at one point, but it's 3 inches. That's about $25. Altogether, that's $932 new. I paid $20 for all of it. Oh, wow. And $20. $20. Wow. $20. And it made my day. I would have driven four times as far for that. That was amazing. And so now I actually own Crazy. real squares that work and are accurate. And I'm not going to let the emu peck them off of a table. But if they were to, they probably <laughs> wouldn't fall into two pieces. The only thing I didn't get was the... Uh, angle finder square whatever that's called i forget the name mm -hmm. you know the one that rotates uh he didn't have that and so i still had my eyes out for that and literally like two days later there was a garage sale i just was like oh, i'll stop in this garage sale went in a bunch of tools old rusty stuff prices were like reasonable ish and there was this square in there and i couldn't even re I, it was so rusted it i couldn't move it at all like at all and couldn't read the numbers or anything. It was just like rusty and gunked up. And um, it was $3. But the nut, the little tightening nut, I was like, I think I recognize that nut. That looks like a Starrett nut. I don't know much about these, but I do, I've seen, I've used Starrett's and I know that they have kind of a specific shape nut. So I'm like, I'll buy it. So I bought it for three bucks, got it home, cleaned it all up. And it is a Starrett and it's beautiful. And it works great after I cleaned it, took some, some uh some work but it's awesome i'll probably be posting pictures of those things soon because so now i got my whole little collection and i only cool. spent 23 dollars. so you gotta you gotta send us uh, some pictures we'll post it on uh, the uh, yeah uh, instagram for the podcast so logan you i gotta i gotta admit here you got super lucky oh super lucky 100 that this guy did not raise the price on you but in the future if you ever run into a situation like this again where there's lots of stuff, you don't ever ask for individual prices. You make a pile, and then you get a price on the pile. Because that, individual prices are always higher. Yeah. The pile, you get a discount. That is, That's how it goes. That is good advice. And I started out like, oh, what, what would you part with this? I did that for about two things. And then I'm like, I'm just going to throw these in here and see what he'll take. I, I yeah. kind of clued into that partway mm -hmm. through. I probably should have started out that way, but he like, he, I mean, I was going to pay 20 for the first two things. He basically gave me everything else for free. I don't understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I should have, well, I should have said, I'll give he you wanted somebody to have the whole case. And then, yeah, he wanted somebody to have them. That's why he gave it to you for 20 bucks. He's true. like, yeah. this guy yeah. seems like he's going to use them. I want somebody to have them. That's going to use them. That's true. And so he just gave them to you. I feel like that's the Andrew Alexander, like tack. He like, he like, 
gets to right. know the guy and the guys get to like the seller understands oh this guy is like he knows what he's talking about he's going to put it to good use and he's right. going to restore kind of they're whatever. going to a good home sort of yeah. yeah and somehow he just gets all these amazing things because i don't know i don't actually yeah except know. that andrew doesn't doesn't haggle he just pays whatever they're that's asking that's true that's a good point yeah so he's uh andrew doesn't have the same problem that we have with the money flow that's so he's uh well, I think I think Andrew routinely sells things for more than he buys them, so it's yeah. just yes, a, it's still a differential there. So, but yeah. he's also got like three different pockets with different amounts of money in them. I've done that <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah, but my amounts yeah. of money are like ten dollars and twenty dollars, not <laughs> yeah. whatever. Do you, now, do you ever build a pile like that, and then you don't get the price you want, and then you just kind of push the pile into two piles and say, will you give me a discount if I buy both piles? <laughs> <laughs> Quantity discount there. Two piles. There you go. I'm buying two piles now, so I should definitely get a discount. Well, there's, there's different methods, but you got a good deal. That's what's important. That was a good Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. All right, it's time for personal history. So, Logan, how did you get started with TIG welding? Um, it's kind of and not uh, was unorthodox. I don't know what the right word is. It's not like I was not like, oh, I want to be a welder. I'm going to go learn how to weld. That was never it. I've always kind of been a maker and an artist um, from day one. Uh, and... So having skills that help me to make things has always been really valuable to me. And so and I've also uh, grow. I grew up with, I think one of the best things my parents ever gave me was, or like taught me or instilled in me was the concept of, actually, I don't think I can give my parents all of the credit for this, but I, part of my personality <laughs> is that I look at things as, hurdles and not walls like oh i run into a problem and can feel like a wall that you can't get over but usually you can get over it it's just maybe a really tall wall that's actually a hurdle not a wall does that make sense like mm -hmm. problems can be solved and giving up isn't usually the answer and so with that kind of base mindset i've always liked to learn new things and solve problems by learning new skills and so um, TIG welding specifically. So I, I had a MIG welder and like just a little Harbor Freight guy and had done a little bit of MIG welding in my life. Um, I built an underground fort, uh, which was pretty awesome and uh, a bunch of other little things. Um, That's cool. Yeah, long before, what's his name? The guy who wears a tie. Did his <laughs> Colin thing. first. Yeah, Colin first. <laughs> Colin yeah, first. years before his. I think he copied me, maybe. Anyway, that's a different story. I could talk about it, but um, so I had done a little bit of MIG stuff, but I wasn't like super great at it. And then I got a commission to do a um, to make these. Uh, I guess you'd call them a chandelier. It was these these kind of skeletal wire coverings over light bulbs for a um, restaurant in town that was opening up. It was a salad bar called Chomp. Um, I don't think they exist anymore, but. Uh, they wanted me to do these things and they had like some ideas and they said, can you make these? So it was basically welding 
maybe quarter inch rod at these into like kind of like geometric shapes like you know faceted sides kind of and mm -hmm. i said yeah of course my t i also have the tendency to say yes without knowing if i actually can just i say yes now and then i'm like i'll figure it out later and so i said yeah sure i can make that and so i started and i'm using my mig welder and just blasting through this stuff because i can't it's just the material was way too thin for what I was trying to do. And I'm trying to, you know, join these really thin little tips together and I just can't get an acceptable thing that I like. And so I was feeling frustrated, but I'd heard about this TIG thing that can be really accurate. And uh, I knew about it. And at the time I was um, volunteering at a local makerspace and I was running their laser cutter for them. So I had, I had access and teaching like laser cutting classes and stuff. So I had access to this makerspace all the time. Uh, like 24-7, I could go whenever I wanted. And um, when I'm unsure about something, I like to learn it alone. <laughs> so I pulled up, and I was probably under time crunch, but I pulled up a YouTube video. I watched one YouTube video about TIG welding, and then I turned on this TIG welder and tried it out a little bit. I did like two or three tests. I was like, okay, these are going to work. And then I finished the project and delivered it to a client, and they were happy, and I was like, TIG welding is awesome. I need to learn how to actually do it because I just faked my way through this job, but this is really cool. And so I practiced a little bit more and I hadn't, I really hadn't done much of that project and a couple other little tiny things. And then, um, Logan, how long ago was this? This was five or six years ago. Okay. Probably okay. yeah, probably yeah, probably 5 or 6 years ago. I could I could find I should find out, but I don't I don't remember about that. And then about so then like a year after that, so about 4 years ago, we moved into this house and my next-door neighbor uh used to work for a steel place in town and he had or a fabrication place in town and he was starting his own business and he was like and we kind of hit it off. We could, became friends pretty quickly and he's like I'm starting my business do you know how to weld? And I was like, well, I mean, know how to weld. I've done it a few times, but I'm like, don't really, I kind of, not compared to what you do. And he's like, well, do you want to work for me? And I was like, sure, but I don't really know what I'm doing. And he, he, to his credit, I don't know if he's just insane or brilliant, but he just trusted me and would like fully, he was like, you can do it. Don't worry about it. Here you go. And like started giving me jobs to do. In, in his shop, TIG welding. I'm like, I've literally done this for like 10 minutes of my life and you're going to make, I'm, this is like a client project now. And he just basically time, like just like anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And uh, so I just started that way like two, two or three years ago now. And I still work for him. Now I'm, now I'm like full time for him. It's just he and I, and we have this high school kid that comes sometimes and like, cleans metal and stuff uh does the stuff we don't want to do i guess um <laughs> but i just yeah a lot of practice lots and lots of practice just doing that on the job and we do 99 percent of everything we do is tig welding we have a mig welder and we'll use it if we have to but yeah at least 99 percent. it's almost absolutely everything there's some times when we kind of need to go mig or like if we just needed to go really fast and it like, can be ugly 
but a lot of what we do is is, vis is visible and um, the TIG is just really clean, it's quiet, it's, there's no spatter, you don't have to do anything to the, I mean, if you're doing the weld right, you don't have to do anything to it afterwards, it just, it looks beautiful and you can powder coat it, leave it raw or whatever and it looks great. Um, and that's basically it. My, my weld, my welding helmet. So I got a welding helmet in, uh, for Christmas, December, and mm -hmm. it has a feature that I don't fully understand why it's there, but it tells me arc time, like how many minutes an arc has been struck in front of it. Like, wow, it's actually actively hmm, welding. And yeah. I, I just looked at it. So 110 hours of arc time. I know the helmet. reason. The helmet. I know the reason, and I'm not a welder. Uh, so this old Tony did a, did a video where he was talking about welding and stuff, and uh, it's for duty cycle. Because some welders have a duty cycle, and you can't go over a certain amount of time, or it'll shut the machine down. So like, I feel like it'd be better off watching. But a if, clock. but if it's just an accumulated time, yeah. then it doesn't. I mean, if it's arc time per hour or something, that would duty cycle but if it just shows you your time yeah, then it just shows time and it resets when it changes the battery when you're supposed to, i mean i guess if you look at the wall clock and every 15 minutes you make sure you've only got seven and a half minutes of yeah arc time i guess but so. that maybe but you What's could have just done seven and a half minutes of straight it's welding a, it's a miller uh i left it in the other room it's a miller something something it's a cool helmet i love oh, the helmet it's just Anyway, so that, when I looked at that number, I'm like, wow, dang, 110 hours. That's a lot of time. And that's like only measuring the right. time of Just actually looking, at, looking yeah. at an arc. And I'm, I kind of wish I was better <laughs> than I am after 110 hours, but that's a lot, that's yeah. a lot of time. So it doesn't reset? It just continually it, counts? It reset uh, when I, I changed the batteries once. So I, it was at 69 hours, and I changed the batteries. The batteries died. Uh and so it reset to zero. So I actually added the two numbers together to give you that one thing. Uh, well, then I don't have an answer. I don't know. <laughs> it's all right. I don't need an answer. I just now I know. That's interesting. Now I know I've how never long even I've, done I've it. never even seen that advertised or or heard of that. Me neither. And I don't really see a good use for it other than bragging on a podcast. Your boss could come and check your arc time. <laughs> yeah, make sure I'm actually working. You get paid by paid by arc time. That would be interesting. Yeah. None of the none of this fit up and grinding. We don't pay you for that. You're yeah. a welder. Yeah, we only exactly. Pay you for time that the arc is actually struck. Exactly. So I think, yeah, that's my that's my personal history. Kind of rabbit trailed a little bit, but that's it. All right. I still do it every well, day. We're we're very proud of you, uh, <laughs> <Thanks>. Tom. <laughs> that's really what do I want. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any personal history with uh, TIG welding? I, I have zero TIG welding experience, but I have several projects that require it, and I am so tempted mm. to invest in some equipment. But before I do that, not even just that project that I was talking to Logan about all week long that we're not going to tell anybody about. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but, I, like, you know I've done marble machines a couple times mm. where, like, I want, I build a marble machine, but they're kind of crude, and, yeah, right? And... I want to do that, but I think TIG welding is the best way to do it. Uh, soldering is okay, but it is quite difficult. Not saying TIG welding isn't difficult. I'm sure it's a 
got its challenges, but so that's I, I might I might lead in that direction eventually. But with me, like I don't like to just spend money on that I don't need unless it's really cool. So I will I already Googled like local weld shops and I'm just gonna walk in and be like, Hey, uh I can give you some of my time if you tell me how to TIG weld and it's worked for me in the past. That's how I got locked in with the blacksmith. So we'll see. We'll see how that That's goes. That's awesome. I, I'm glad you brought up the marble thing because that actually was so for 15 years I've been infatuated with marble machines and I've built some uh -huh. and I was just looking I don't oh you have yes uh, I, I spent a ton of time and this is before I mean this was a long time ago I, my skills have changed a lot but like I, I just love the mechanism parts of it yeah. like I love the rolling part I mean look what this I'm holding right now I mean like I seriously I collect I just love all of that Sorry to all of you. Logan's holding, a, holding ball a giant, that's probably giant two inches steel in ball, yeah, which yeah. I would love to make a rolling ball track for. Um, I'm way into that's it, huge. but that was a huge catalyst, also, like that, and just all the little things. Like I, I couldn't do it with Mig, but Tig seemed like the right answer, and it totally is for something like yeah. that. Like I can weld a wire. Well, because it's it's easier. I want to say it's easier. I know Tig is difficult, but like welding stainless is easier. Welding smaller is easier. Yes. Welding without destroying everything around it is 100%. easier. Hundred percent. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Like I again, it is hard, but yes. Um, I think it fixes a lot of those. Problems. Absolutely. So I, I, I know this is not the segment for this, but I want to make a marble machine doorbell. Nice. So when you ring my doorbell, the ball falls and it goes bing bong. It'll like hit chimes and play a song or play a you know a, a jingle. And then like reset. You're gonna, you're gonna have to be... rethink this, Tom, because yeah, you've moved. So it'll... now it has to not only do that, but then it has to roll out to the shop in case you're in the shop <laughs> and We've and do something. Six out minutes later, <laughs> <I'll> do... <laughs> all the way out to the shop. Yeah. So um, because then it's a piece of wall art in the entryway where the doorbell was. Yep. You know where that little plastic stupid box was. So, anyways. That's yeah, hard I would. Long, I would pass. encourage you. It was not even a hard pass, Tom. Not even a hard pass. That <laughs> Dude, was like a medium pass. Dude, you've got Soft you. Pass. I would encourage you to not be too afraid of it. I, I, I think that your idea of going and like asking somebody to show you is, or you know, going to a weld shop and volunteering time for training is brilliant, and you should do that too. Yeah. But the the barrier of entry is so small these days, like comparatively i mean you can spend a lot of money on a welder but honestly can harbor I, freight has do you some... have a welder tom no no i used to have a mig welder but i never i just when i got roped in with the blacksmith i just sold all my metal some of the new multi-process machines are reasonable and then you yeah. kind of have all of the above yeah I, I, my right. i have i have a multi let's table go ahead no i'm gonna say let's table this because it is something i've been meaning to ask you just on instagram and um like can i spend 500 bucks and get this yes. done okay that's what i want to know well to i don't know i actually haven't priced a welder since the economy started going nuts no, but, but but probably yeah but even if it's under a thousand we're in the we're yeah. in the ballpark the last welder i you, bought was a uh it's an inverter machine harbor freight um multi-process so i can do mig with it if i want i've never done it because i don't but um I needed it because it's small, and I think it, I paid six hundred dollars for it, and I am very happy with oh, it. Wow. I'm very happy with it. It works great. I just used it on Saturday for fourteen hours. I 
welded on. I didn't weld for fourteen for, hours, but for I for your personal. Yeah, that was a kind of a per for your personal stuff or for work. That well, I'm gonna get paid for it, so I don't know what do you call it. It wasn't for my boss, oh. so I do. So I work forty hours for my boss, yeah, and yeah. then I work another ten to thirty hours for myself. Like okay. I do, I work twelves, like ten or twelve hour days for my boss, yeah. and that gives me a Friday and a Saturday usually to do other things. So like this last Friday and Saturday, I did a, a railing job for happened to be my parents, but they're going to pay me for it. So they, they have a rental somewhere and it had a fire and need to be redone. So I'm going to do, I did a railing for them. That ends up being like kind of side work, but I also do like all kinds yeah. of commission side work, just word of mouth, whatever it happens nice. to be. And it's not all welding. I mean, I, I make all kinds of things. So, um, all right, yeah. so I'm looking at Harbor Freight. It looks like 750 is their cheapest. Oh, yeah. Gig, 165. They, they keep going up. Uh, well, so my yeah. my big welder, my good welder, I have a Miller um, Synchrowave. Uh, I forget the, the – it's a it's a transformer machine. So it's it's like 200 pounds. It's huge. But I got it for $400 because it didn't, didn't work. And I'm like – it was a gamble, but I figured I could sell it not working for $400. And it came with a tank. The tank is worth a couple hundred dollars. You know, big one of the biggest tank oh, that wow. they have, mm -hmm. and you know, regulators, yeah. and it had, you know, twenty feet of cord. Like all of that stuff is valuable. And so I'm like, even if I can't fix it for four hundred bucks, I could resell it, and make my money back. Bought it anyway, and I started tearing into it, and I took it all apart, and I got down into the electronics and the circuit board, and I was like, felt like I was in over my head. Um, Kind of. I mean, I wasn't totally in over my head. I'm pretty comfortable with that stuff. Uh, and then I called, I, I kind of had narrowed it down a little bit. And then I called Miller, just somebody had suggested, well, did you talk to Miller? I'm like, no, why would they talk to me? But turns out they have like tech support. And I called him and I told the guy all the troubleshooting I had done. And he like gave me a couple other things to test. And he's like, all right, test this and this. And if you have continuity there, then that's good. And if you test this and this, and if you don't have continuity, that means it's this part. And he like narrowed it down to a part. I did the tests he said, and it was that part. And I got it for, I found a place online and I got a free sample. <laughs> they sent me this, whatever, a transistor or something. I can't even remember what part it was, which cost me nothing, came in an envelope. I saw unsoldered the old one, soldered the new one in. And my, uh, that, that's my big, good welder. And it's a, you know, it's a $2,000 welder, but I got it for 400 bucks. So yeah, the, the, you could do it if, if you want to, <laughs> I know that's okay. a, that's a luck thing yeah. too, but like those, those things happen. No, 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 no. Yeah. But you know, I, I buy all kinds of used stuff. I just, with that kind of stuff, I usually lose my shirt on the first time I buy something. Yeah. New, yeah. You yeah, know, for sure. Cause I don't know what I'm looking for until I already own one and I am being attacked by moths. I, I wish you lived here. Cause I'd show you how to weld, man. And come over. I know. I, come yeah. over sometime. I'll show well, you. Honestly, it's one of those skills that would be worth, like, spending a week somewhere. Just if, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and just immersing yourself in it and just doing work. It's valuable. Like, actually working and um, having no choice but to power through. Yeah. But I'll get there. I'll figure out my path. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I really, really, really want to do it. Do it. I'm encouraging you. So, All right. Moving right along. Tanda? Do you have anything in your personal history for TIG welding? I've done some TIG welding. I have a TIG welder. I kind of did things backwards compared to how most people learn to weld. 
so I did like stick and gas welding because we had a an old like Lincoln tombstone stick welder growing up um, and I liked gas welding because it was just kind of zen and quiet and so then when I moved away from home and and wanted to build some stuff what I thought was cheap and easy and more versatile than anything else was to just buy a uh, a gas set so I had a cutting torch and could heat things and could braze things and solder things and could do gas welding and so I gas welded for a while and then thought you know this is this is awfully quiet and zen and nice but the way to do this is TIG welding which is kind of the arc version um, or at least has a lot of similarities in my mind to gas welding. Uh, totally. So I got a I got a stick and TIG machine. I've got an AHP stick and TIG machine, and used that for a few years and did um, TIG, um, you know, wherever I could use it. And then finally, the very last welding process I learned after some, I don't know, maybe 40 years since I first welded, I finally got a MIG machine which is just easy you pull the trigger and, yeah. and squirt weld um, but I've got a few things that I need to a few stainless items that have been kind of dogging me with the day job not getting done sitting on my welding bench right now and so it was good to look through Logan's pictures it was inspiring and made me want to go and um, finish off a, through a few projects that are actually four pay projects and the customers have been very nice to put up with me while I'm spending all my time at my day job. So got a, got a few TIG things that I need to get back into and, and which means I'll probably spend half a day kind of getting back <clears throat> into the uh, muscle memory of, yeah. of doing TIG welding and, and then I'll do the three, you know, welds or, you know, you know, 18, 20 welds that I have to do. And then it'll be a year later and I'll have to relearn it. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I have done a little bit of gas welding, but very little, but I do, I, I make that analogy too. I do think that TIG and gas welding are probably of the welding processes, maybe the it's most kind of, similar. Yeah, it's kind of that same sort of, I mean, you're, you're heating your base metal, you're yeah. waiting for a puddle to form, which takes a little bit of patience. Adding filler and with a different And hand. then you're dabbing yep. a rod into your molten puddle of base metal. So in many ways it's, it's similar. Yeah. You just have a little bit more control. If you have a foot pedal, you can turn down that arc. Yeah, that's you can pretty nice. turn the heat up and down. Yeah. And you're probably not adding your heat into the base metal is probably much more localized yeah. with with TIG because you just hit it and bring it up to temp. And with a torch, you kind of get what you get. Yeah, yeah. I love how quiet it is. It's just like, pssst, it just has Yeah, honest, there's just, just something. Great. I, yeah, I, 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 I like TIG welding just for that very reason. I yeah. mean, it's... Well, if you're welding aluminum, it's noisy. Oh, my but gosh. If you're welding steel, it's, it's, you know, it's just much more quiet and peaceful than typical MIG or arc welding. Yeah. I did, I did a big, big aluminum job last week, two weeks ago. And, yeah, earplugs, it's so freaking loud. I mean, we were doing thick stuff, three-eighths three to quarter inch. So it's right. pretty massive. And aluminum. TIG welding. Yeah, TIG welding. It, yeah. it was intense. Yeah. Do you guys have a spool gun? I mean, do you do no. aluminum MIG or I've never tried stuff that. like that? Yeah. But my brother-in-law just suggested that. Uh, yeah. And I just suggested that today to my boss. I'm like, I wonder. We should look into a spool gun. So I, I don't know. I've never tried that. Is that? 
Have you done that? I Is haven't it? either. I haven't either. But I've I've tried to weld alum, big aluminum stuff with my TIG welder, and it seems at some point it's becomes more tedious to TIG weld it. Yeah, to, it's to hard. do aluminum we, with a spool gun of some kind. Yeah. Well, I, I don't understand how the spool. I I hear that it helps, but I don't understand how it helps because the biggest problem that I ran into was uh, the, the aluminum conducts heat so well that when you you really need to kind of preheat the whole thing. So it, it draws heat away from your weld really fast is basically the problem, right? You start your weld and, mm -hmm. and it's, it, you can't get a hot weld that stays as a cold weld. So I was just preheating. And then once it's with, hot, then you have to go faster and faster and faster to... Yeah, stay ahead of it. <laughs> to keep yeah. up with it, yeah. Exactly. So I don't understand I how spool, MIG I think like, the spool gun that. is just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's fascinating, though. The a, that whole AC aluminum welding is is crazy. PJ PJ's glazing over. over. I see that. What what have you got? He doesn't. Want, you don't want me to talk about <laughs> frequency and AC balance. You oh. can talk about whatever you <laughs> want to talk about. It doesn't mean I understand what you're saying because I don't know anything about TIG. Do you have any questions so. about TIG? I'd love to answer questions. <clears throat> I have no questions currently all right did you do any tig welding when as a jeweler did you do micro tig mm. no PJ? we did torch welding mm. micro torch so that was That's all cool. the and yeah technically it wasn't really welding it was soldering um but yeah it was all micro torch stuff with um jewel tip points hmm. uh, ruby ruby jewel tip points and stuff like right. that and the flame was so tiny you know it was like you, you could weld, but you could only do it on such a small scale. Right. And, uh, that's cool, uh, though. That's, it was a fun. Lot of, a lot of jewelers these days use micro-tig technology, I think. That's crazy. Well, right when I was leaving uh, that field, my, uh, my friend of mine that worked in a jewelry store had just gotten a laser welder. And uh, mm -hmm. he was talking to me about that. And um, it was uh, he was trying to explain it like how he was using it and everything but it sounded like magic like it was um hmm. but but yeah i don't i have no experience with it there was a casey Neistat video years ago where i i want to say it was a ring but this doesn't make sense i think it was a bracelet where they were welding the bracelet on your wrist mm -hmm. and you couldn't take it off a ring doesn't make sense but i swear it was a ring it could have it could have been i mean the, with the like the little tiny jewelry micro tig stuff it's i mean very yeah. localized that's like yeah they had a machine that you would just well you would just put your arm in there or something and it would i don't know it was a machine oh that's that's just to retain it. you from the pain yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when when your finger reaches Hand, 100 degrees handcuffs yeah. no but it's welding <laughs> it on you right like yeah your arms involved that's crazy yes you, you, you freeze your finger beforehand well if you do it fast enough i mean you know, a lot of times I'll be welding like on um, a piece of of hot rolled steel, so it's got mill scale on it, and I want to keep the mill scale for look on the front side of whatever item. And but if you get it too hot, that mill scale will get this like heat mark on it that's really ugly. And so that's actually a really tricky thing to do. Like today I was doing some fireplace things, and I need to to avoid that. And so. There's probably better ways. Again, I never went to school or anything. It's all just trial and error. But uh, if I get in and go very fat, you know, uh, hot, fast, get a tack in and get off of it, I can prevent that heat affected zone from transferring all the way through 
So I could see how you could do it on a, a ring or a bracelet or something. If you, you do it fast enough, you know, just kind of get in, get out, your heat won't dissipate enough to burn you. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be the guy who tries it, though. Well, sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial energy lubes and stuff. Hey, this is Sparks McGregor down at Johnson's Hardware. Are your welds lacking the cosmetic appeal that you see on Instagram? Embarrassed to show your project just because your welds look like hot glue? Pick up some Johnson's TIG tape. Roll off a piece of TIG tape and stick it over those ugly welds. Voila! Your welds look perfect. Comes in three widths and three styles for aluminum, mild steel, and stainless. Also works on JB Weld. Do not look directly at the tape while applying. You can find it in our stationary aisle next to our plug weld sticker sheets. And it can be yours for less than a stack of dimes. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right, it's time for crossbreeding. Logan, what skill goes well with TIG welding? Um, a, a steady hand? Hmm? No, that's not a skill. Dang, I don't know. We usually, Logan, usually, um, <laughs> usually we put something out there, and then, and then PJ's the one to tell us it's not a skill. Yeah, so by yeah. you telling us it's not a skill, you kind of... You're deflating him, and I just wanted to, you know. Yeah, I think it's not fair. So if it's you want to say it again, and then let PJ right. chime in, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. We'll cut this out. No, the no. skill of a steady hand. It's not a skill, Logan. <laughs> you got to come up with something that's an actual skill. Uh, hand steadying. <clears throat> hand steadying. Ooh, I think is something you could learn. Yeah, not a skill. Hand stabilization. Yeah, yeah, because you gotta. This hot stuff you got to bridge around. How about the skill of abstaining from coffee? Tandy, hey. you can't help him with his skill. Sure. He's got to come up with it on Why his own. Not? There's, it's not in the rule book. Okay. Skill of um, breath holding. Bre Ooh. Breath holding. Holding your breath mm -hmm. is a skill. Yeah, it's a, there's a national championship every year for that. Okay, sure. Let's let's go with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That, uh, that I hold my like breath when I sharpen my tungsten, and I hold my breath if there's bad fumes coming around, and I hold my breath if I really need to be extremely still on a very small weld. Okay, so all right. I legit well, that, hold my breath takes, a lot. That that takes practice and skill. We'll we'll run with that. Uh, Tom, what about yeah. you? What skill goes yeah, well with uh, with tick welding? Well, I was I was gonna say uh, holding your breath, but you know he took that one so. Um, I was going to say MIG welding, but that actually doesn't go well. No. no. Like, no. So, um, <clears throat> I'm, I don't, I, this would be better if I actually had one. I'm going to say, I'm going to say grinding. I think I used this answer last time we did a welding episode, but even with TIG, I would still have to grind it away and, um, make it disappear because I'm terrible. Sounds good, Tom. All right. Going to Tanda. Tanda, what skill goes well? With TIG welding. Well, I, I, I'm going to say tungsten grinding. Maybe it's just me, but uh, I, I, th I think that that is a necessary evil if you TIG weld like I do. Yeah. Mm. It's a very specialized skill. Okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Um, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but mine is uh, metallurgy. 
Okay. To me, it seems like if you know a lot about metals, it would definitely help you TIG welding, right? I, I think metallurgy is is a vocation or right. or, or a, a area of study. Mm. Not a yeah, not a skill. Not a skill. Yeah, not a skill. It's not a skill? Not a skill. No. It's not a skill, PJ. We need a sound or a button for not a skill. Uh, <laughs> that That sounds about right. Okay, well, let me, let me think of something real quick here. Um, uh, foot pressure, so that you can operate the That's pedal. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like playing mm. the piano. There you you go. have to coordination. Yeah. Right. It's foot, yeah. foot, hand, eye, right. foot, hand, hand, eye coordination. Like it's three. It's like being a drummer. There's a lot of a lot of things involved. Found it. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. That's been disqualified, <laughs> PJ. <laughs> And we're out of time. <laughs> and now it's time for Gimme Your Best Guest. Yeah. All right, Logan. It's time for us to hear the rest of your skills. We know that uh, the TIG welding is on up there at number one. What is your number two skill? I'm going to say video production. I Ooh. did that as a profession for a very long time. Tell us more about that. Um, I, well, I I was into photography as a kid because my dad had a old Minolta that he gave me and I just kind of fell in love with the process. I was kind of into it. And then I got a job when I was 17 just because I needed gas money. It had nothing to do with the job, but it was working at a TV station um, as a camera operator in studio. And then I worked from there, I, that's kind of like the lowest rung. And I worked up to audio op and then I was a technical director and a director. And so then I was, I was a director and a technical director in TV for a bunch of years. Um, and then at the same time, I was still doing like photo and video stuff on my, on the side and like learning final cut and all that stuff. And then I got an internship at a, uh, so I was still working and I was doing this unpaid internship at a um, advertising agency and he hired me because I knew how to use a camera. So then I started doing uh, video work for him and we did, we did like local commercials and stuff. And I was doing website design and stuff at the time. Also, I was kind of doing a lot at that. I guess I'm always doing a lot, but whatever. I was doing all that stuff. And then we started making, we made these documentaries about, um, meth they're anti-meth documentaries called crystal darkness it was huh. kind of crazy we made 11 of them I won an emmy i'm an emmy award winning so that was pretty cool oh congratulations yeah. thanks um i always forget to mention that but i was reminded that that <laughs> isn't something i should forget so uh <laughs> yeah so i just kind of that was like my start in it and then i worked for a church for about eight years a big church here in town and um I was in charge of all of video production and, and website and art installation art. We did a lot of art in our building. Um, and so I just did lots of videos, like I'm constantly doing video work with them. And yeah, I, I still like it. I still, I mean, I have camera right there. I, I, I still like it. I don't have as much time as I'd like to put into it because it takes so much, you know, well, you know, you all know it's a lot of work. But, it shows, mm-hmm. though, but even on like your Instagram. It. I mean, the 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 cuts and the and the compositions of 
even the shortest of videos on your Instagram, it's it's noticeable that you are not just doing it for the first time. Thank you. That is an incredible compliment to me. I thank you. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm like, always like second guessing everything I do. I was just back through some of your stuff and like the. Uh, oh, I'm just trying to think of some of them. Like the light switch. Like, oh, yeah, my, yeah. like my girls are out of town. I'm gonna you know turn on all the lights to. I mean. That took a lot of time yeah, it did. to do all of the switches, to do some costume changes, to do some different stuff, and then cut it all together. And so it wasn't just like on a whim I flipped two lights on and off. Right. It was like I had an idea for a composition, and I went out and I filmed all of these clips, Yeah. put all of these different things together. And then it's just this short little bit on Instagram, but it was like a little mini production. Yeah. Most of your videos have that feel to them well i really appreciate that you noticed that thank you yeah that's cool yeah so i like that stuff it's fun and the, and later i mean it, i don't work in the media world anymore like for my profession but towards the end of it i was doing a lot more like after effects and and some of that really cool you know 3d animation stuff all that and i i wish i that was kind of like the very end of learning a bunch of it and then i'm not doing that anymore but I'd love to get more into that someday. That's cool. And that leads us into skill number three. <laughs> we skipped number two. That's fine. That was number two. Oh, we start with well, number, number two. Number, number we one. started with number one. One is TIG welding. I get it. I yeah. thought they were on top of yeah. TIG welding. Ah, Welcome so to the, the show, Logan. was five and is actually with, six. Yeah, you know what? I've never seen the show, guys. I don't know how this works. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nobody has. Number they listen to three. it. Three. Yes. I just got a good screenshot of Tom, though. And nobody's Ooh, and nobody's listening to it. No, you know, of the day. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say my number three skill. I don't know. It's, it's laser cuttering. Yeah, or, laser cuttering. Or, or totally. perhaps that's that's vector design. Uh, you gotta pick one, man. You gotta pick I, one. You I think unless you're two. doing somebody else's artwork, those two go hand in hand. Yeah, the, so that's I what I'm saying. Laser cutting implies. Yeah, vector design. So I'm like a proficient in Adobe Illustrator, very confident in it. I design really? tons of stuff in Illustrator. I design tons of stuff in Illustrator, and then I also I, f figure, figuring out that laser cutters existed and were attainable was probably the biggest like unlock, like level unlock in my brain that I've ever had. I mean, this was years and years ago, but it just, it was a game changer for me. It changed the way I think about everything. It changed the way I solve problems. Um, it's pretty awesome. So there's a laser cutter like 24 inches away from me. I know. Right I keep here. wanting to ask you about that. So, still in the box. Oh. Still in the box. Why? What's the matter with you? My, my excuse is uh, my cracked rib is still healing and I need to drag a quarter inch giant quarter inch sheet of aluminum out and cut a square that i can then mount the laser to so that i can move it around safely so mm. that it doesn't get wrecked because i don't have a table for it to live on i don't think you want to put the laser on aluminum it'll reflect into your face um, i could be wrong i have a honeycomb grid that yeah. i'm going to put down mm. so that it can laser into that and you, you said um, and there's I can put down what sorry you, you said there's no mirrors right 
the the no, diode, there's no the diode moves with the okay. That yeah, it's a it's a it's like a basically like a CNC router. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's just a laser. It's um it's all enclosed. Huh. It's going and it's got a shield all the way around it, so it's not reflecting up into my. I mean, yeah. I got. I think it came with safety glasses and everything, but I, you know, it's it's got a shield, so it's not reflecting nowhere. I, yeah, I probably shouldn't say this, but I cut stuff with the lid open and no safety glasses on all the time. I just squint out the dangerous where it rays, right? You just squint them out. <laughs> well, that's fine. I mean, I'm gonna do it outside. Squint so out. There's a good Johnson's product. We haven't squint sold that in years. Squint out. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's that's why I haven't done it because the sheets of aluminum are very heavy. They're 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 like uh, I don't know, like four foot by four foot, but like it's like they're big like weird shape. There were robots were built on top of them. I got them from CMAT Make. They were throwing out some robots, and he's he's like, yeah, the, the bottoms are made of aluminum, and I'm like, just grab me a bunch of them, and he did, that's and awesome. so I've used them to make tables i mean i've cut them up there they look like if you look at them they look like half of a mountain range like it's it's flat like there's a right angle on two sides and then the rest of it is like this sort of weird zigzag shape like oh. these must be trapezoidal robots i don't know um but yeah i want to i thought about using wood but then i'm like i don't know that wood is a good idea like it's it's not like that would burn like if the laser yeah. if the laser you know Gets going Probably on that. Okay, the fo- yeah, but the focal point is yeah. pretty I don't narrow. Know. Yeah, it's, a- anyway. Sorry. Yeah, I haven't done it. That's that's the bottom line. I haven't done it. And and probably that's that's twofold with the, the, the rib healing. I don't want to like try to get this thing out and then recrack it by accident. And then the other thing is I don't know the program. Like I started to learn a little bit. I started to watch like some of the videos for uh, for Lightburn. Lightburn. And yeah. then I just I just stopped. So I need to get into it, back into it, and really like focus on it. Um, yeah. But I, I know what's going to happen if I, as soon as I start doing it, I'm gonna want to keep doing it, and then the whole like trying to heal thing is just gonna go right out the window. Like I for like the whole month now, all of August, I've been doing like low impact stuff. Like I've been working a lot in front of the computer, yeah, and the 3D printer. Like I've been trying. Like I have. I got a lot of stuff to do. Learn, I can't. Learning light burn is pretty low impact. Yeah, I should do it. I really should. That's what I'm saying. It's a great program. Been, <laughs> it's a great program, I've by the way. Yeah. I'm slacking. I'm slacking off here. That's that's why it hasn't been put together. So it's still in the box. So nice. Yeah. You should do it, man. I just finished an interesting laser TIG combination oh, yeah? project at work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... Uh, um, oh, yeah. You, remember you talked so about these... these. Yeah, so I just made 16 more of them. Oh, I love it. But this is all laser-cut um, stainless. stainless. That's from Sin Cut and Sin. Then, and then they're all, yeah, it's all from Sin Cut Sin. They're local and dudes a, here. Did you know that? They're like, I pick yeah, my stuff up know. locally. I know Jim. It's awesome. I wish oh, wow. he would give me stuff for That's free. Dangerous. but Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, they've added They've added a lot of extra stuff. But, like, I, I had them bend these. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, yeah. You you never get good deburred parts, but if you're up for deburring your own parts, yeah. then then it's it's a bargain. But oh yeah, for this sure. This is just uh, the the base. The handles are the same, and then there's these long parts and the cross parts. So it's only what four different parts, but lots and lots of them. That's cool. And then you puzzle them together, and they nest. And then everywhere you see a weld, 
is actually a tab through like a tab and yeah. slot that goes through and then it's just a little tiny plug weld on the back did, did um are there what makes them nest do they nest yeah they nest together so this piece right here uh on the handle yeah um it's tab and slot goes all the way through further than it would need to to weld on the backside and makes a little foot nice. on the backside. I love it. And that little and that little foot sits right here on the one above it. That's awesome. And so they all lock together into a into a stack. That's really cool. An orderly stack. So that was something that was that was a lot of fun that was a combination of uh, of TIG welding and, yeah. and laser cutting that was uh, and so I've what? done a lot of that. I've kind of been on a, not on a binge, but I've, I've made a number of things using this same construct of laser cut parts that are then TIG welded together. What do you, uh, that, that was, that was not an orderly stack, Tanda. That was like <laughs> eight, five different sections there. It looked like it was about to fall over. Well, I had to demonstrate that they're unstackable. It's true. What do you well, do? If they were unstackable, then they wouldn't have. <laughs> be able to be stacked it could never they? be stacked yeah oh uh yeah uh, <laughs> is that destackable maybe i'm using the wrong word there I, I think that what i'm trying to say is we should move on to logan's fourth skill uh fourth skill i'll say inventing is that a skill oh really what have you invented tell us tell us stories uh, well, he didn't have that skill just a few minutes ago. I've, I've, That's true. <laughs> I've invented a few things. Did you guys, he just invented. Did you guys uh, ever hear of Maslow CNC? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I've seriously thinking about getting one and mating it to an Avid CNC so, or an Avid Avid frame with a Maslow controller. It's it's a pretty legit project. So when they were first getting started, I don't know how I stumbled across. Oh, I know how I stumbled across them. So I <laughs> I wanted to. When I worked for the church, I would paint the, we, we would have like different sermon series every month or every other, whatever, couple months. And I would paint these big, like our artwork and I'd paint it big on these pieces of plywood mm. and put it on the outside of the house kind of, or outside of the church, kind of like a big sign. But like- I'm, I'm thinking of Maso controllers, not Maslow CNC. Oh, a little But now that you're explaining it, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so I was like, I had this idea <laughs> of making a robot, a wall robot that basically would paint murals for me so i could like design it and then i put a piece a spray paint can in there and mm -hmm. with uh two you know two cables running right from two motors you could control where this robot r lives anywhere on the wall and so I, I had this like real rough idea but no real no know-how of how to do it or how to uh like solve that problem so i started looking into it and it's a thing that already exists not quite in the iteration that i had in my head but people make these this uh i'm forgetting the name but there's a name for that kind of robot with the two motors and i stumbled across maslow which is basically takes that same concept which people don't know what i'm talking about uh mm -hmm. you have two motors posted up high with like a bike chain basically that runs over each one of them and it comes down to a sled that hangs in between them so you have the kind of this v shape and if you the motor on the right if you you know, wind it up, it pulls the sled up towards it. And if you wind up the motor on the left, it pulls it up towards it. And if you wind them both up at the same exact time, then that sled moves in a vertical line. And so you could see how you could, with some clever computing, move these motors 
however you want, and you could move the sled anywhere you want. And so what Maslow CNC did is they put a router on this sled in the middle. And then the whole concept is basically a wall-based CNC router. And, you put, and it's cheap because you're not buying a gantry and all of those other things. You're just, it's basically two motors, a controller, and some other hardware. And so that was the basic concept. And they had already figured out the, the computational side of it, which seems to me like that's the hard part. And they had done, you know, the, most of the math part. But the problem they had was where their chains come down, they attach to this sled at two points. And what you're trying to compute is the if you draw out a line with those two chains and where they would meet in space is like a tr the tip of a triangle, that's where you want your router bit to be, right? And that's what you're trying to compute with your math. But the problem is, is you can't connect chains to a moving router bit, so you have to connect them to the outside to this sled. And s that's great in one spot, but as soon as you start to move, you no longer have a triangle, you have a trapezoid. Mm. And so your math becomes really, really processor intensive. And so they were doing these, this crazy math that was guessing for every location. So it would say, you know, I'm this far over, and it was iterating through, it was crazy. It was really processor intensive, it was slow, and it wasn't, it wasn't perfect. And so they were trying to solve this triangulation problem. That's what it was, was a triangulation problem. And they had this forum, and I went on the forum and got all nerdy into it just because I was into it. And I was like, I think I, I think I have a solution for this. Like, why don't you guys just build a, like, a uh, um, linkage that is like a parallelograms that can hold this thing. And people are like, no, that wouldn't work. You're dumb, whatever. And I'm like, this would totally work. So I went in my garage and I built one and I proved that it would work. And then everybody's like, that's brilliant. That works. How does that work? Oh my gosh, it works. And so I started making them. And so I made, I, th I probably made a thousand of them, I think, over the course of a year or two. Oh, wow. I sold them on Etsy. Um, and it was, it was a awesome bolt-on aftermarket solution that solved the triangulation problem for Maslow. And so it may, it took this machine that was sort of accurate, but not totally, and turned it into a perfectly accurate CNC with this, you know, whatever. I forget how much I sold them for, but I laser cut all the parts out of wood. They were wood because it was cheaper at the time. It was before Sandcut Sand was around and stuff. It was mm -hmm. the cheaper way to go. And then I just, I batch ordered big batches of hardware and bushings and everything, and I would put these kits together and sold tons of them until eventually Maslow CNC got bought out by MakerMade or I don't know if bought out is the right word but MakerMade took over and when they did they had some more funding behind them and they the other solution to this same problem was to build this ring around it with rollers it's a more expensive solution but it looks a little sexier and in the end they chose to go with that solution instead of my linkage solution and so my linkage solution became extinct and I no longer make it but I mean, that's the missing link. That was one. That was solution. one invent, invent, invention. I have one sitting over here. I could show you that. Yeah, oh, that's very cool. That's pretty cool. What are the chances we've had two guests on that are intent on making a Maslow CNC in just was... ninety-one podcasts? <laughs> in just ninety-one. I think I think Wait, Keith Decent is is either making one or wanting to make one for rug trimming. Oh, oh yeah, he's got one. Uh -huh. he, Keith yeah. has one. Yeah, I've got one he's in a got, box. I've never set it up fully because I. He's, he's wanting to implement it though for his rug trimming, I believe. Oh, that's yeah, a cool idea. that was yeah. He w he wanted to adapt it for the rug trimmer. That's yeah. a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's pretty cool. Very complicated, but yeah, we 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 did a whole segment on that. 
or we were trying to solve this problem with the, it was the yarn flow was the issue. Mm. Um, and uh, I remember anyway, the segment. Yeah. It was a good segment. So I, I don't know. That's one invention. I, I know that's a long story, but I have other ones that are less useful. Well, I think that definitely qualifies you as, uh, yeah. as having an inventing skill. I feel like coming that's up true. with an idea and then making it is kind of like inventing, even if it's not super useful for other people. I made a, an underwater room with my brother that is not that valuable to people, but it's fun. And it's 12 feet deep in a lake and stand on the bottom of the lake and breathe air. It's pretty cool. And that's an invention. Cool. It's the underwater I, I, bubble room. If you ever want to look it up on YouTube, I'm, I'm, I'm you ever pretty pretty sure by, there's been underwater rooms before. Yeah, there have been, but the way the the process of making it was an invention. Well, and making it in a natural body of water yeah. is definitely something different. Yeah, it's cool, and it led to others. I mean, it led to so then. I mean, this is a tangent. You can cut all this out. I'm sorry, this is long, but. <laughs> that video went kind of viral after we posted it. It was just not intended. It was like, this was years and years and years ago. Oh, 12 years ago, probably. And I it was not a, it was just like one shot video and we posted it and somehow it went viral and had like a million views overnight and it was crazy. And so we started getting all these phone calls from people and uh, National Geographic called and a national, yeah, National Geographic called, and they're like, uh, we saw your video, and we want to know if you have any other inventions. And I was like, that you have made or want to make. That was the way they said it. And I was like, well, yes, I have an entire list of things <laughs> I want to make, I, a smaller list of things I have made. And they're like, well, let's set up a meeting, we'll talk about it. And so ended up talking to them and giving them, the, we just kind of shot the breeze for a little bit, and they were doing a show called Mad Scientists, and the whole concept of the show was that they'd send their host out to somebody who's made a cool thing and then they'd take that cool thing and they'd like make it even cooler and better and bigger and faster or whatever that was the concept and so they're like hey so i gave them a bunch of invention ideas that i had that i had not made and they're like okay we really like this one uh can you make it by may and it was like two months later i'm like uh because it had the premise of the show was that the thing already existed right like this invent mm -hmm. they're gonna soup it up and so it was this crazy like crunch. I got my brothers involved and my dad and like we banged this thing out and made this. It, we called it the Lunar Leaper. It's like a, it's like a giant teeter totter on an arm. So like a, imagine a power pole with a giant like 30 foot long on each side teeter totter on it that can also spin. And then on one side you put weights and then on the other side you hang you. And so, mm -hmm you add weights until you're almost weightless and you can just kind of run and jump like you're on the moon sort of like, and just like a horse trainer. You look like a total idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And it's super silly and not useful, but fun. And so we made it and then they came and we like shot the show and we did. So there's one episode that has, and then, and then did you get to make a bigger, like, yeah, well, bigger one? it was really funny. So we were on the, so talking with them on the phone, I was like, so this is my idea. I want to make this thing. And I was going to make it on like a big tripod so that you could set it up somewhere. Because mm -hmm. if you want to make it on a power pole, that's fine, but it's really stationary. You can't take it anywhere. And they're like, okay, we really like that idea, but can you build it on the power pole? And then the tripod will be part of what we do when we get there, which felt like a little bit of cheating, but it was fine. So that's what we did. So I put a power pole in the ground at my parents' property and we built v v1 on the power pole and then when they came out we 
like souped it up by building this cool tripod thing that folded up and by revealing the one you'd already made <laughs> we hadn't by revealing the one you'd already made yeah well and then we made it so that you could like we actually when you're kind of weightless you have very little traction so the it was kind of funny you couldn't actually run very well so moving around was very difficult to do um and so what we did is we added like this shaft down the center and then put bikes on it so somebody so people could get on the inside oh, yeah. under this tripod and ride these bikes in a circle and then that the people who are on the outside would like fly around it was crazy it's silly super silly hmm. but i guess it's an invention oh, it sounds like a lot of fun to me it's so much fun i want to come and ride the ride dude so that uh yeah we should i it's probably rusting somewhere right now but we set it up a few times for some events and stuff and let people try it out i mean it's a huge liability but it's fun <laughs> that's that you just describe like my every day i'm alive it's, uh, everything is a huge liability man that's, that doesn't make any difference to me well yeah dude i, I, have, I have a cracked rib from diving down a hill okay it mm. doesn't i it doesn't you're talking to the wrong person I was wondering what that was from yeah, it's a slip and slide. I missed that story. Off, so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move on to skill number five. Your final skill set. Hit us with it. Uh, it's got to be like nuclear physicist with all the things you've been mm. throwing our way. Um. He doesn't consider that a skill. He does that for fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Remember I, that time I made a nuclear reactor on the weekend? I was bored. Is it's like general making? That feels like a. A cop out but that's like making stuff with my hands like making an idea turn into a physical thing is that a skill i'm not allowed to ask if that's a skill i need to state it as my skill and then you guys shoot me down yeah confident my skill confident. is taking ideas from my brain of physical things and turning them into reality ah cerebral plucking <laughs> yes I, yeah yeah definitely a skill that's ends and i i just i just found it on wikipedia yeah Tanda says uh, it's okay. I'm that I'm that fast. Cerebral plucking. Yeah, it sounds completely fake, but Tanda's very good at finding these things. It All right. Doesn't well, feel fake when I'm doing they, it. They had to they had to change the name to kind of slow you down as you're saying it. It was originally called a total mind pluck, but they that that didn't go that away. sounds more yeah. fake. Yeah. That's yeah. A, so um, that kind of encompasses everything that you've already told us. So I'm not really going to ask when that started, but um, we're going to let you pass. It started that. as a kid. You're not going to ask it, but I'll answer it. Is that okay? Oh, my no. God. Here he goes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get to do whatever you want. No, when I was a kid, my parents, uh, we had the, uh, I forget what we called it, the take apart box or the junk box or whatever. So if anything ever broke, a VCR, a wooden toy, anything that like broke kind of became trash. It didn't get thrown away. It got put in this box. And that box was like okay for you could do whatever wow. you want with it, and so really good idea. Oh, it was brilliant! Yeah. It was yeah. so great. And so I would you know take apart things, VCRs. It, the taking apart of a thing teaches you so much. And when there's no like pressure to get that thing back together to make it work again, it it frees you up, especially as a kid, to just like learn. That's that's key. Yeah. And so we is just throw it out. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. And I yeah. I don't I embarrassed that i don't do it as much with my kids as i probably should but we've definitely sat in the living room and taken a vcr down to nothing or disassemble a hard drive and get the magnets out or whatever like that's a fun process that a kid can learn a lot through 
So that, I think that's kind of where my wanting to take things apart, wanting to know the why behind the function or the how behind the function was uh, kind of just started really, really young like that. And I remember, yeah, modifying tape recorders so you could like spin it manually to play things backwards and like all kinds of cool stuff like that as a, as a kid. So, yep. So that process of taking things apart is the demystification of what you can't see. So that's yeah. that's breaking the fear. When people don't understand how something works, they're afraid of it. That's a good way it's, of putting it's it. magic. Yep. So yeah, when you see what's going on in there, oh, it's just a bunch of rubber bands and a gear. I can do that. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So totally. that's that's good. That I I started in a similar way. So I'm right there with you. We we didn't have a box, but we had the side of the house where the trash was being thrown out. I just used to grab things. Yeah, I love it. So kids yeah, don't I get found, to do that as much. Money. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I found a lot of money in a TV, but yeah, kids. It, it seems like there's just nowadays there's too many other distractions for kids. Mm-hmm. That's well, that's things what I are, think. Things are have evolved to where the everyday things that break or many of the everyday yeah. things that break like an iPhone or whatever. That's true. Um, you can take it apart and you can look at it. It's not going to teach you a lot. It's kind of <laughs> all, all the same. Yeah. You know, that's and different so than it's seeing not a, it's, it's not as easy to reveal how it works on a lot of modern day stuff compared to yeah. slightly older stuff. Yeah. But I'm sure that's still out there. Still plenty of good stuff to take Toys. apart. Toys are still good to take apart, though. That's true. Because yeah. that stuff needs to be built. Toys so are excellent to take mechanical. apart or to just go by to learn things because they've iterated to the point of it being probably the least expensive, yeah. fewest parts to do the thing. I'm baffled so by that good, all the time. it's a good place to learn. Yeah. Was that our best guess? I don't know, but it was a guest. Beautiful saxophone or whatever that was. Trumpet? Is that a trumpet? Took me a long time to play trumpet. that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's time for short and sweet. Uh, Logan, do you have anything you want to say to wrap up the show? Any shout outs? Any news? Anything you want to say at all before we go to the secret segment? Um, I, I, well, I think that something that I find interesting is knowing what people desire to get better at so i was wondering if you guys would tell me maybe like one thing maybe a, i guess a skill for in the heart of the show like one thing that is like on your list <laughs> that you either want to learn or get better at that other than podcasting <laughs> yeah that's that's the answer for all three of us logan we all want to get better at no, podcasting so i already said it i already said it Tig, and i didn't say it when you were talking about it but illustrator, illustrator. Mm-hmm. I am horrible with Illustrator slash Inkscape. Like 2D drawings are more complicated to my brain. And I think it's the program hmm. than 3D CAD. Like I can design stuff for 3D printers all day long, but ask me to do it in those other programs that just, hmm. they're so different. Yeah. Well, I think, and I, I would like to learn that. I think Logan kind of had the answer in that he, you know, really got into illustrator to start doing laser mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and so i think if you start thinking of 2d designs that you can laser cut and use that as your impetus to do 2d design well and then it yeah it, so then I, it draws you into I, something where you're doing lots of 2d design and but you can solve a lot of 3d problems with 2d design like that thing that's you know flat cut 
you know, pieces of... Oh, nice. It's like a buffalo or like, I don't know, here's something cool. It's the big buffalo head hanging like on this, the wall. Like this, right? Designed in 2D. Is there a name for that shape? Uh, pentagonal hexacontahedron. Well, okay. actually, that's not. This Logan's holding up a ball made of wood. For those of you at this, home that don't this, know what it is happening. <laughs> this is a pentagonal hexacontahedron, and then that thing I just showed you, this one. Is that the longest word in the English language? This one no. is, I did, uh, like, Escher, or, uh, um, what's the, yeah, Escher. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, tessellations. Yeah, the oh, no. Tiling. So I like modified it. Tessellations. Yes, there you go. Oh, my gosh, I had a huge brain blank. So this is like my own little modification where it's all kind of twisty and curvy. But like, you know, this stuff starts, all of it is like two dimensional when I start it. I don't know. This, this mm -hmm. mask was two dimensional. This was, you know, 2D when I started. Everything. Do you use, um, oh, what is the program? for doing the uh, origami. Oh, Peppacura? Pe uh, Peppacura, uh, yeah. No, I would, I, when I started getting into that, I somehow couldn't figure that program out or figure out how to get it or something. I did, uh, I used Blender for going from 3D to 2D usually. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll design like that, I drew that in 3D, the monkey. Drew, like modeled the face in blender right and then i uh, unwrapped it within blender and exported a svg files and then i took that into illustrator and then that's where i did all of the fixing up and everything just using the traditional just the skinning feature that you would use to paint an object in blender uh yeah well when i first did it i there was a it was like a third-party plugin but they've now included it in the, in the, right. at least the newer blenders and i think it's yeah. called I think it has the word paper and it. it might be paper unwrap or something. I don't know. It actually will make tabs and stuff now, which is really nice that I had to do manually before, but now you can export it and it'll give you tabs with names so you can match up everything. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It's really cool. So I, I'll have to check that I make, I've made a few things like that and then I'll, I can sell those plans on Etsy and it, mm -hmm. plans are great to sell because I do the work once and then I can sell it a hundred times or hopefully sell it a hundred times. And it's just a one-to-one -one layout that someone could just mm -hmm. lay over something, cut out, totally. and be ready to go. Yeah, you can print yeah. it on your printer you, and like cut it with it scissors, laser printer. or you could do it on. Yeah. Yep. This I used. Uh, actually, I may have cut that out by hand. I can't remember. Uh, I, I, there's this hippopotamus in the other room that I made that I cut with. It's paper still. It's just like that, but I cut it with the laser cutter. But I've sold those plans to people who make them with scissors, and they, they still look awesome. So you can do it. And these are all 3D objects that we're talking yeah, about yeah. that are 3D objects that have then just been folded together yeah. so that they have a faceted external skin. Like a low poly. Like a 3D object. Yeah, like a yeah. low poly. Yeah, like if you were... If you Google low poly, you'll see images of things that look like what we're talking about. Sorry, I keep forgetting this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we don't... We, we, we remember for you. That's okay, Logan. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I'm just too excited. Most of, our, most of our listeners are, in fact, low poly. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we, and I say that as a compliment, so, meaning they have so they have a number cool. of facets to them. Oh, I get if it. If you're listening, that's what I meant. Sorry. Well, I I <laughs> thought you were talking about Pollyanna. Just, yeah, that's uh, just one poly. Yeah. Combined yeah. with an Anna, so that's definitely low poly. They're sisters. 
Uh, do we answer your question, Logan? I don't know. I got an answer from Tom. Tom, Tom, yeah, <laughs> that's you're that's pretty good. You know what? <laughs> that's a surprise I would like by to, itself. I would like to get better One at out of my blender, yeah, that's me too. Or, or something equivalent. I would like to be able to have a tool chain where I could take three models. Like right now, I'm three uh, three modeling a new welding process line, um, or among other things, um, for my day job. And I can make the three models of the things, and I can animate them in Fusion, just make them move back and forth. But I can't like. Um, feed a parametric design or I can't feed parameters into an entire 3D mm. you know process line and make it look like it's working easily I mean there are a number of ways to do that but like you can with Blender where you actually um, can animate a, an entire scene mm. and basically have motion controls um, I, I would like to be able to get from Blender to that more easily or from fusion models or step files or whatever yeah. to that more easily in, in some way that's more approachable than the typical three or four step tool chains. Yeah. That sounds really cool. I've never gone between the two. I've only worked as islands in them. I've gone blender out to, you know, like I said, to illustrator or whatever, but between 3d, I, I did that's one, hard. I did one machine. Um, and, but it was just really tedious where I made, the, you know, I a animated the machine and actually used the physics and the functions of Blender to move a machine around instead of a, a figure. Yeah, that's cool. Which is kind of weird when you're adding bones to a machine. Yeah. But, yeah. That's crazy. Rigging, <laughs> rigging a 3D model. So that's something I'd like to, to explore more. That's cool. Uh, well, Logan, my answer for you is flying. I flying. would like to learn how yeah. to do that better. Yeah. Wait, Every are you talking about flying an airplane or ribs? just like flapping really hard? No, I don't think you're well, talking about an airplane. Right now, I just jump and I land again. It's mm. just, I don't really, it maybe flying for like a half a second. I, you, I would like to be, at, at least like 30 seconds would be great if I could do Lo, it. Logan's got an invention. Do you fly? You and, you and some friends with bicycles <laughs> yeah. could probably get you up to 30 I can, seconds. I can get you jumping <laughs> really, yeah. You know what? I think I'd like to try that. I you think should, that might get me like in the mood to fly properly, and then maybe I won't need the rig. There you go. Do you ever dream about flying? I'm assuming you do. Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. Do you ever? Do you ever like have lucid dreams where you can kind of control it? Yeah, that about every night. Yeah. Do you fly in those? Because that's a great place to practice. Uh, I I have flown in dreams before, um, but I mean I've actually controlled what's happening like yeah. not just like you wake up flying like i had a dream where i, mean, I was yeah. in yeah. i was in a house and i all of a sudden realized how to fly and i just lifted myself off the floor yeah. and then i was up at the ceiling just kind of floating around yeah and then as i was doing it i realized okay i know i'm dreaming i, I gotta remember I this yeah. when i wake up and then as soon as i said that i fell oh man <laughs> and then i woke up and i'm like I don't remember how I did it. Uh, it's, it's the best. It's, it's, it's somewhat addictive, however. It's yeah. very, very. It's something you can, it's a skill you can get good at. You can practice lucid dreaming. It's difficult. I'm not very good at it, but I do it sometimes. I, I it happens it. to me every night, man. Every night. It's, a, it's, and it's not always flying. It's a lot of different things. I have, for some reason, the last couple of nights have been very violent dreams. Um, but, you know, I don't have control over that. But I know what's happening. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that that's my answer to your question. 
Good answer. So I hope that's a satisfactory. I'm satisfied. Uh, all right, all right. Well, that makes one of us. Tom, uh, do you have anything for short and sweet? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Um, I was wrong. The longest word in the dictionary or in the English language mm. that describes something is actually 189,819 letters long, and it takes approximately three hours to say. So. Oh, that's, that's <clears throat> ridiculous. Methian. Oh, she interrupted. Let me start over. <laughs> Methian. <laughs> no, uh, the word I was thinking of is um, uh, silic is the disease silicosis, which is nu- uh, I'm going to butcher it, but pneumomonotremit. This isn't the word I read before. Nope, it's pseudo. This is the one I was thinking of. This is the word that's actually in dictionaries so as the longest word. Oh no. I've lost it. Hold on a minute. Thanks to science, we have new longest words. <laughs> it was that. Numano ultra microscopic silico volcanoconiosis. That was not bad. No, it sounded like I said it bad. Gone are the days when it was anti disestablishmentarianism. Yeah, those days are long gone. Oh, was it? I, I don't have the longest. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, that was the. I don't have the longest word in the dictionary, the but I have the longest dictionary that I know of. Which is like, what is oh. that? Oh, that's nice. Ten inches thick. That's only twenty-eight. <laughs> that's only twenty-eight letters, Tanda. Minus thirty letters. Beat you. Well, yeah, that's because yours didn't exist when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, take that. that. When when I was a kid, when I was a kid. They were still they were still working and breathing in the silicon. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't have to worry about the, yeah. the volcanoes at that. They, they were just they were just preparing to make the entry into the. Uh, sounds like I have to thank your generation for get, creating a disease. Well, go right ahead, Tom. Anyways, other than that, thank you, Logan, for joining us. Thank you, and, thank uh, you, guys. This has been and, uh, really appreciate super fun. So hopefully, I didn't yep. talk too much. It's too late for that. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. No, it's a podcast. PJ did. I mean. PJ definitely did, but you're good. Tanda, do you have anything for short and sweet? Um, well, just something that my mind wandered to while while Logan was talking. Certainly, go check out um, Pillage Then Burn, Logan's Instagram and other other sites. Um, but if you haven't seen it. Um, or are unfamiliar with the channel stuff made here mm. um, he does some some crazy stuff and and all of the, the math and the tracking and the and the computing that goes along with it but he did a wall art painting machine oh yeah yeah um, picture of his wife yeah 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 that guy that's is a, amazing that, that's that's a channel worth checking out it's it's pretty insane he just right. breezes okay. over that. He's like, oh, yeah, and then I did, like, six weeks of amazing, tense work that nobody's ever done before. And here it is. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. As we all do. As we all do. Uh, uh, well, as for me, uh, I am just going to say that the uh, as of today, which is Tuesday, the Delta wheel sweepers have launched. I did a post. And within, like, the first ten minutes, I got two orders. So Nice. That's, nice super happy about that uh, i'm hoping suckers for, for, yeah there's a <laughs> bunch of suckers out there you know so we'll see what happens no it's a good it's a good product it's yeah, a good product. It's a good yeah. Like it. uh i'm hoping that uh it will 
it will get you know more than two sales uh, i weirdly enough as soon as we started the podcast i've had no other sales but anyway it is out so if you have a delta 14 inch bandsaw it is specifically for that model from the 1930s up until around 1980 uh, when they started changing the models so it is model specific uh, yes. Which means it won't work on like a jet or some other brand. It's only for Delta Rockwells. Or even like a biplane or anything. Won't work on a biplane. Definitely yeah. not. No. Yeah. Well, so, glider? Uh, no, not a glider. Definitely not a glider. Um, it might work on a rocking chair. I, although I do prefer gliders. You know, they're a lot smoother. And um, you can have a co pilot. There you go. True. Well, you get it. No, you get a single. You get a single seat glider. I mean, I've got. I had one on my porch. Or you just kick your kick your co-pilot out. I think we're talking about two different things. Maybe. All right. Well, you know, before we go to the. Well, I didn't know if Tom needed my address. Do you need my address, Tom? Wait for what? What am I sending you? Uh, PJ said you're sending me frog pods so I could be on the show. We are not talking about that on air, all right? How embarrassing. Did you promise free stuff again? How embarrassing. Did you promise a swag bag? No, I didn't. I did not say anything. Tom, that's... I've done this before. He's done this before. I may or may not have said that there would be frog pots. Oh, awkward. I'm so sorry, guys. (laughs) Moving right along, uh, I want to thank our top Patreon supporters, very own Tanda and Creator Nader. Logan is a, a... He's a supporter of the podcast as well, so we'd like to thank him since he's been our guest tonight. And we're about to go do the secret segment where Logan is going to tell us about a secret invention that he doesn't want anybody else to know except the patrons. So if you want to hear some more cool stuff. It's got a great name. We can't say that. We can't say the name. Name is too much. It's it's trademarked. All right. So we are going to... um, we're going to go do that now, and uh, the rest of you guys can, uh, can go do something else, I guess. Like, go to Patreon and sign up! Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, Son of the Junk Hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram. And you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.